Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hall, Onyx watches the sky from the windows. They are sitting in the family room's windowsill, perfectly poised for contemplation, while Ellie sits on the ground right below them, scribbling some ideas for her next committee meeting. Agnes is sitting in the love seat, lantern on the side table, reading and firmly relaxed, as Eller, across the room, stands leaning against the mantle of the fireplace which they have finally started successfully after what may as well have been 3,000 tries. A string of lightning unfolds across the late evening clouds. Like me! Like you? Blue, you mean? Like... blue. No, light! <laughs> You're cute. Nuh-uh, y'all are cute! Uh. There is a knock on the main doors. It is faint at first, so faint that each folk assumes that a branch had simply bashed against the double doors, but this next knock is jarring and urgent. Do you hear that? Someone wants in. Finally, something to do! The hall's unlocked. Why don't they just come in? The three leave Onyx at the window and run downstairs. Ellie's the one who opens the door. Howdy. A folk stands before them, blonde hair with a very red beard and a very blue outfit. A uniform with a matching rain cloak engraved with a post-folk insignia. Ellie realizes now the connotations. Male, you say? Hey! Wow, power's out even here, huh? Yeah. How are you even making rounds in this rain right now? Oh, slowly but surely. The wheels are heavy duty. Sure, the open doorway lets in a bit of a draft, but nothing a nice weighted rain cloak can't fix. 
Your resilience is amazing. Now, can oh, we Oh, I wouldn't call it that. I do this out of love for my community. Mail's important, especially during Imbar. You're a hero. Do you have mail for me? Oh, I have a whole chunk of mail here for you, as per usual. They reach into their satchel and offer a large wad of differently colored envelopes. Ellie snatches it and evenly distributes it between herself, Agnes, and Eller. Can we get you tea or anything? Oh no, I've got more rounds to make. Thank you. Not all heroes wear capes. But some wear cloaks. <laughs> Ellie brisks back inside and shuts the door behind them. Sort! Okay, okay. A letter for Lucy... Logan, you have been pre-selected to apply for... Heating bill. A little dinky package to do. Oh, I think that's Dune's underwear subscription. It doesn't look like a mail order, though. Well, when you shop independent and local, it's more personalized. Oh, cute! Oh, that sounds so worth it and so much better than buying from larger corporations and supporting fast fashion. Eli. Eli Lyon? Could be anyone. From fact, facta, oh, oh! Facta University? I think they spelled your name wrong, but this is it, this is it! What fucking, how? Ah, give it to me, please, Agnes. Thank you. Oh, great day. Ah. Ellie rips the envelope from Agnes's hands and then rips open the envelope. I don't want to look. You look. Me? Yes, or Agnes. Well, which of us? Just someone. Okay. But I should do it. I should do it right now, right? If you want. Or should I wait? I should wait. If you wait, you're just going to talk about opening it until you open it, and that's really, really annoying. This is a big moment for her. Be nice. It's kind of right, though. Okay, okay. Ellie takes a big breath. She slides the letter out of the envelope. Eller and Agnes frame her on opposite sides. Thank you so much for your application. We valued your interview and intellectual problem solving. Blah, blah. Ellie scans. Oh, it's so long. So many words with so little meaning. Well? Shh. In regards to admission, confirmation, or denial... Uh, uh, what? What? Did you get it? I... What? What? Please refer to the email sent this morning? Huh? But I just, I would. Did they pay for postage and wait three to seven business days to tell you to check your email? What? Why I. Huh? I. Oh! They sent me an email last week to expect a letter. Typical. And now I need an email, and I don't have. It's okay. It's okay. We'll see it when the storm is over. Thunderous rain drenches the solar panels. She can hear it pinging off of them. (sighs) In the art lab of the University of Alice, Mikhail sits at one of the desks and has surrounded himself with various clumps of clay. His hands are busy to keep down the anxiety, it seems. He's crafted a mug, a dish, a lanky little pinch monster he has deemed Jebri, and is working now on a small animal shape. Tara has awoken from a stress nap and sits groggily at the other end of the table, scribbling some doodles on loose sheets of paper. She stands and ventures towards the supplies rack to find some more colored pencils. This is by the hallway that leads to the bathroom, 
and in wandering a ways down, Terra sees the familiar shape and hue of green. How? The green lore takes up the back hallway, filling the space with their bulbousness, and ah, the bathroom window, cracked, is how they must be getting in. They note Terra staring at them. Terra? Tara is staring for a long, long time. Please, what are you doing here? Finding you? How? Tara doesn't have her staff. She never brings it to the studio because Willow had said something about promoting a healthy work-life balance. But now, Tara is realizing at what cost. I am not here to hurt you. Alright. Well, then, hey. Hello. It's been a while. Yes. Do you have something you wanted to talk about, or... Huh? No. Mikhail rounds the corner, earphones dangling around his neck. What? Sorry, uh, to answer your question, not really? Although, I mean, I guess maybe there is something that I've been, uh, you know, thinking about, but I've never been sure of, like, timing and everything, uh, so... Let's not waste our time here, Tara. Sorry, Mikhail, I wasn't actually talking to you. There's, um... Oh, are you talking to, uh, them? Yep. Oh, okay, uh, cool, 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 cool. Them, like, the lore, not, like, great them. Both, both are valid, you don't need to explain yourself. Bumbling again. Pathetic. Hey. Did it say something? Yeah, it likes your shirt. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> this whole thing? They don't actually. Jewel tones don't suit him. It says the color looks nice with your eyes. Well. I am not an it. I am going to let you talk. I will be over there with headphones. Thanks. Headphones. Mikhail does this and sits over there. Tara returns her attention to her floating acquaintance. So was there something you wanted to talk about? Where's mine? Oh, uh, over there in the corner. Tara looks towards a large cloth-covered entity. A hint of unfired, bland clay peeks out from the bottom, a curved end with no sharp edges or points. The lore's hazy white eye sockets are pointed towards this and remain that way for a silent time lapse. Is it accurate? Last time I looked at it, yes. He's glazed it, though. It'll be fired soon. Fire. It is done? Basically. Would you like to see it? No. (laughs) Okay. The lore watches this cloth still, though. Tara, in their blind spot, finds her hand eeping towards their side. Tara had touched the blue lore's hand before. It had been offered, and when taken, Tara recalls a burst of fuzzy, tickling pops of air. But, sneaking a connection now, reaching for the side of the screen lore, her fingers pass through the transparent glow of the static. Their eyes readjust to her. What are you doing? You're only tangible sometimes. Aren't you? Do you decide who interacts with you? What? You decide who gets to see you and touch you, right? I suppose. Hmm. Lucky. I suppose. 
I... I heard you helped us. A version of us a few days ago. The orange ones? Yeah. I guess. Why? You hate us. I can't let bias get in the way of my job, can I? So you agree. You hate us. Tara leans up against the wall, studying the tiles of the floor. Great day, there's paint even in this hallway here. But that is beside the point, because... I think I do. Hmm. Does that... I don't know... (laughs) hurt your feelings? I... don't know. But... I do know hate. Yeah. They watch Mikhail work. Lyaths? Yeah? What did he ever do to you? Just lives. They shouldn't be the force that they are. They should not be in charge. None of us should be, really. No. You should. You will be. What's that supposed to mean? Does it surprise you that I respect you greatly? A little. You tried so hard to get me to leave last year. To leave them. You are dwelling in a dead end. I think you know this. You feel it. Your energy, it's... restless. Well, yeah, it is. The day I came here, I was attacked by your kind. It attacked me again. And Joan and Dylan, and then it stabbed me. It left a scar. Frustrated, Tara shrugs her shoulder out of her shirt, flashing the thick white slash. And then it attacked that entire household, and now they're being made saddles and given names and being treated like show ponies for the chapel, and I had to go play sheepdog and beg them to come back. That felt disgusting. I feel unsafe constantly. And it is because of you. Those ones don't know what they're doing. They have little to no conscience. That's unhelpful, and they do. They listen to you. They were remorseful to that volunteer they apparently like. They just don't like me. Perhaps it is cyclical. They don't like your energy because you don't like theirs. And then you pinned Clarence against us. That folk made his own decisions. I simply followed along to see how it would pan out. You watched as the orange lore broke my staff. You had yet to prove beneficial to me. To the community. Maybe, but let's not downplay what has hurt me. Yes. Let us not. But when you consider the lengths I've had to go to... I! I! You what? I think I need to be done with this conversation. What? I'd like you to go now. It took me so long to find you. Please, please, leave me alone. Tara is already walking away from it. She has already averted her eyes as the pit that the storm has placed in her stomach suddenly deepens. It hollows her out and she feels light and heavy and nowhere and everywhere. Tara walks into the bathroom. She shuts the door softly and violently slumps to the ground against it. Her hands are on her knees, fingertips gripping them tightly. The Green Lord does not follow her. The Green Lord watches after her, their eyes narrowed in a show of confusion and then resignation to the end of this discussion. They look towards Mikhail, who the Green Lord knows has cast a few worried glazes towards them these past few minutes, but he seems deep into his project now. They think... uh, What do they think? 
approach the tarp, the canvas over what Terra had said was it. It. Their billowing form protrudes what we would consider to be an arm. This arm reaches for the draping cloth and sinks through, unable to find a grip. Mikhail. Mikhail is making something. His hands roll a new, smaller chunk of clay into an oval. His eyebrows are knit and eyes pointed downwards as the lore approaches the other end of the table and looks at him. Is it accurate? He does not look up. Is it me? He does not look up. Look at me! He does not. The green lore looks towards the bathroom door shut still. Tara? Tara likely does not hear this. If they... I... I raised their voice a little, she might. But it is silence the green lore embraces now. They stand as a ghost in a room that does not perceive it. Sure, they could move a pencil or two, knock something over, maybe. What good would that do? They sit in this. Something changes in their eyes. Their color dims. And they go. Let's take a break. This season of Average Folks is sponsored by Escape Space Games Tualatin. Located just off of Tualatin Sherwood Road, Escape Space Games hosts six different escape rooms, each with their own unique themes and puzzles. Gather your friends and family for exciting adventures like the Toy Museum Heist. Rumors say that the owner of Randy's Toy Museum has acquired some sort of secret artifact not on display to the public, and it's up to you to find it. Or work together to solve the mysteries of castaways, where you must face a series of physical and mental challenges in the style of a certain tropical TV game show in order to keep your spot on the island. Visit the magic garden of the Beanstalk, where the gardener is getting antsy and looking for a successor. Do you have what it takes to discover the secrets of the garden? Explore your senses with the Tualatin Valley Room, where you'll need your sense of touch, smell, sound, and sight in order to escape in time. Stage a prison break in cell block, where you and your team must first escape their own cells and then make your joint escape. Or get cozy with Tuta Tango, a two-person room with a mystery to solve about these two particular dancers. Adults play for $30, and kids under 12 play for $25. Escape Space Games is open Friday evenings, all day Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Weekday plays are available by appointment. Visit escapespacegames.com or call 503-610-2394 to book your room today. Well, let's get back to it. Inside on the mend, Willow pretends to know what color cloths go where, and Ovia sneakily undoes the mishaps behind them. Dune continues sitting at the table by the window, looking up every now, every then, especially now. He does that a lot. Does what? The yearning glimpse into the middle distance. Yeah, so, uh, over there... Dylan works. Elvia nods. This means absolutely nothing to her. The priestess knows Dylan is the name of Tara's PPA, 
and decides not to divulge that information. Uh, Dune and Dylan were best friends. Are? I don't know. They had a really good talk about boundaries and their feelings, but now they don't talk at all anymore. I mean, nothing happened, I think. Neither of them likes talking about the other one. It's weird. It's kind of sad. Hmm. The perils of young love. Well, you say that like you're ancient. Some days I feel like it. The world weighs heavy these days, Willow. Yep. And carrying it all tends to make us tense, I guess. Oh, I increasingly am. You know, I'm getting my massage therapy certifications, and I do need some practice hours. Oh, are you offering me a massage? Are you accepting a massage? I think I am. And Dune, how are you doing there, bud? I just hope he's doing okay. Being alone in this. If only Dune had eagle's eyes, he could see across the way that Dylan is in fact glancing up at the figure in the opposite window. And he wonders the exact same thing. In Lyoth Hall, Agnes, Eller, and Ellie have cozied themselves up by the fire in the common room. The warm red glow wards off some of the cool hues of Imbar, and has lulled Agnes to sleep on the couch. Ellie and Eller sit on the floor in front of the fire. Ellie crisscross applesauce, hunched, reading and rereading that letter, searching for clues or any words she may have missed. Eller lies on his back, staring into the ceiling, seeming quite content. <sighs> what? I'm not gonna get in. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You are. I'm gonna fail. You will not. Yes, I am. No, you're... What qualities do you find most suitable for a political role? Oh. Uh, I know it's kind of weird, but empathy. How can you serve folks if you don't care about them? How can you understand stories that are different from yours if you don't listen? Interesting. <laughs> Why? What do you... Competency. That's fairly generalized. The ability to make decisions for mass groups of people without dwelling on potential consequences. But potential consequences can become real consequences. You saw the whole coconut thing. I did. And that wasn't a consequence of Dad or Tara's direct actions. That was an occupational hazard. Folks aren't going to like some stuff we do, no matter what. And they're going to fight us on it sometimes, and that's going to hurt people. There's no way to stop that. Well, uh, there is, though. Because, remember, afterwards, the triad issued an inspection check on outside imports, and it hasn't happened again. If they had considered the possibility beforehand, there would have been a failsafe. So you believe in monitoring the actions of the community more? Uh... Not overpoweringly, but I believe in diligence and attention to detail. Folks are already paid to be border guardians. With a slight pay increase and a couple more minutes of everyone's time, safety protocols work. Hmm. I think that works in theory. But I think folks see it as overbearing. Hmm. As long as there's a method behind the madness, I guess I don't really care. I mean, I do care. I want everyone to like me. But they won't. I guess. Definitely not. I don't like you, so... <laughs> Shut up! You're gonna get in. 
<laughs> well, they sent out the acceptances this morning, so I already did in that case. Yeah. But what if I already didn't? Oh, then what's plan B? UV. I also could find an internship or entry-level position and reapply next year with more experience. I guess that wouldn't be the end of the world. I like it here anyways. I have my family. I have Agnes. I have Onyx. Across the room, Onyx raises a hand to wave. Ellie waves back. See? World's not ending. Yeah. Bummer. Ellie sighs, quite content. Then she picks up her laptop again and clicks the refresh symbol once more. Have it. Tara sits on the floor of the bathroom of the art lab of UV, back pressed against the same wall that the paper towel roll is embedded in. Each hand clutches the opposite arm's elbow, and she is scrunched in every sense of the word as she replays and replays this last conversation. Tara doesn't know what to do to feel less like this. She doesn't know at all. Oh no, no. But you know who does? You know who has plenty of experience? Who? If I had a camera that could pan to Mikhail, I would do that, but I'll just name him plainly instead. Then he sees me like this. You've seen him like this. Does that make him lesser to you? No. No. It does not. Hmm. Tara stands, shakily, taking her time with shaking legs, hoisting herself up against the wall. She evens her breaths the way she had seen him do, and she just breathes in and out. One. In and out. Two. In and out. Three. Okay. And Tara walks out of the bathroom. She finds Mikhail sitting right where she had left him, and she sits beside him now. He pauses his craft, and he glances at her welcoming, quiet, inquisitive. She had been gone a long while. In a wordless response and explanation, Tara wipes her tears, and she nestles her head onto his shoulder. And they sit. What are you making? A lizard. Mikhail presents a crudely life-sized lizard figurine. He bounces it across the table towards Tara. It's gonna get ya! Ooh, but wait. Behold, Mikhail reveals a tiny hat in his other hand. He plops it on the lizard's head and gently places the finished piece in her palm. Hey, is a gentleman. Malige. Look, I, uh, I wasn't eavesdropping. I tried so hard not to, but you know how conversations carry and... Tara's face falls. It's okay. How are you doing with all of these things? It's... <laughs> it's been hard. And I think I haven't really given myself the time or permission to see that. So now I feel like... Like... Mikhail points out the window to the raging storm. That? Yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I know. If there is anything that I can do to make you feel safer and less alone, I would like to do that thing. Thanks. 
He looks at her. And he has green eyes. Tara matches this look with Hazel. Before she even registers or filters this thought, she voices it. You look at me like I'm normal. Oh, uh, uh, sorry? No, it's, it's really nice. I feel like so many folks look at me and see a prophetess first. And I have a hard time leaving the staff at the door sometimes, yes, but I need to sometimes. I want to sometimes, but I don't really get to. Even folks who I've gotten pretty close with still book prophetic inquiries and get sad when I don't know exactly how to solve their personal problems, but you just see me. And that is nice. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, well, I like the way you look at me, too. Oh? (laughs) And how do I look at you? Like you see me. Well, this may be a shock, but I think I can see you. Ooh, the storm is mellowing now. Hail coats the sidewalk, but normally sized drops of rain fall now, slowly melting the ice. The wind has died a little. It'll probably be safe to walk home soon. Oh, cool. I... I have an inquiry for you. They look at each other again with ease and something new. Mikhail smiles. Oh, yeah? The thunderstorm and hail lifts from Vallis, gradually. Ovia, Willow, and Dune in On the Mend note the lacking of pelting on the windows. They sew and sort with a little bit more peace. In Lyoth Hall, Ellie has dozed off. Eller has gone to the bathroom. And Agnes has awoken from her nap and now sits on the ground by Ellie with her book. Onyx has joined them, sitting crisscrossed on the other side of their prospective student. Mindful of Agnes, they have set their radio on the ground. And as the storm lightens, Ellie's email refreshes. Agnes sees the screen change and an email with the heading FACTA University Admission Results. (gasps) Ellie! Ellie does not stir. She has peace. And Agnes so badly wants to break it. But at the same time, she knows how rare this is. Onyx touches the radio. Hey, did she get it? Agnes clicks the email accidentally. It takes forever to load. Onyx touches the computer monitor once. And instantly words pop up. Internet usually isn't this fast. Nice. And she skims. In regards to your application to the political science program at FACTA University, blah, 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 blah. Wow, they like to beat around the bush. This is an official statement of acceptance. She did it, Onyx. Yay! She got the thing! She got something! Your courses begin this coming solace. Orientation will be a week before, so plan your in-bar accordingly. Valis is four circles away. Away. Yeah! Facta is in Eret Herba. Eret Herba. Not Valis. Ellie will not be here. No, she's going away. Friend will be gone. Ellie stirs. 
and slowly she begins to wake up. The bathroom door to Rourke, Willow, and Tara's apartment is closed. Shower running. Rourke has been home and Willow has just arrived. They recount their days to each other and are now lounging on the couch, sipping some freshly made tomato soup. Good soup, Rourke. Thank you. The recipe said it was enough for four, but we'll see how hungry they are. Oh, MGT, why is everyone and their parent at our front door recently? Willow opens the door to find our postman standing, completely soaked to the bone, but smiling gently and smiling nonetheless. Evening. Got a package for you. Oh? Did you order something? No. Says it's for Tara Wisewoman, which I assume is Tara Prophetess. Sounds like it. She's not home. Do we have to sign anything? Nope. Okay. Okay. Well, bye. The parcel is large, overwhelming so in Willow's arms. They have to turn it a few times to find the label. Huh. It's for Tara Wisewoman. Get with the times. Okay. From LGA. GA. Short for Garrett? Or L from a territory that starts with G. Tara frolics into her apartment, drenched, rain cloakless. Rook! Willow! Tara, you're safe! Oh, yay! Where'd you get stranded? The studio. But Willow? I did Oh, that's so cute. Sorry. I mean, it's fun. No, that's what I'm saying. It was cute. Oh! I did it. We talked. We talked! Ah! And? We're going to go somewhere next Friday. Tara notes her two roommates and double counts for certainty. Then she casts her gaze to the occupied bathroom. Is someone else here? Oh, ah. My new friend, Sage. Friend? Friend. And, um... The door opens. Tara sees someone using her towel, using another one of her towels to tie up their hair. Hi. Tara, right? It's good to finally meet you. Your apartment is lovely. These two folks have been the kindest souls to me. I hope me waiting out the storm here is all right with you. Vaguely familiar, until Tara realizes from where. You're a traveling prophet. Yes, I'm Sage. I'm here to help. Ah, I suppose it's time. Time for... I'm going to sit now and contemplate the great them. You have a timer for sitting? Yes, it keeps me honest. Do you have a patio or private space? Uh, yeah, there's a lawn chair under the back awning. That is perfect. Enjoy your evening. They just left in the middle of an introduction. Yeah. Weird. Or dedicated. Rourke and Willow shrug. They move on doing their various things. And Tara sighs and finally turns her focus to the contents of the coffee table. She sees a rather conspicuous package has come in, square and fairly large, sitting at the other end. What did you buy now, Willow? Huh? Nothing! Tara pulls it towards her. Lovely light, she notes, and reads the package slip. Addressed to Tara Bond. Oh, I didn't order anything. Yes, that is what makes this narratively interesting. Tara picks it up and reads further. From L-G-A. Huh. L-G-A? What did you just say? The name on the package? Is? L. No, what you said earlier, just now. It's too late for this. What did I- Tara looks again. L. Ga. Huh. Helga. Helga? Like Helga Helga? Gonna open it? 
Well, yeah. Tara steals away to her room. It's bathed in art from Mayor Opame and local artists. She sits at her desk, noting how well the support this freshly reupholstered chair serves for her lower back. Tara, taking all of the care in the world, takes some scissors from her desk and carefully slices through the tape. She peels back one cardboard flap, then another. <sighs> You've got to be kidding me. Inside is a quilt. Tara is too shocked, too stunned, too out of sorts to find this quilt's jump scare any sort of way. It is a quilt you and I have seen before, in the beginning. A simple snapshot of the view that used to be outside of Tara's old window in Lyoth Hall. In the center of this window, shoddily added later on, is a blue thread figure. Thread fraying at the outline. It is a view so visceral to Tara, so convincing, so utterly and oddly specific, she has no doubt. Helga, where are you? Tara unfurls the quilt. An envelope tumbles out of the main fold, written on sloppily in a cursive sans hybrid. Tara opens it and reads. Dear wise woman. This is crossed off, written next to it. Prophetess. Sorry, the old title sticks in my brain. Is this a joke? Mm. Dear Prophetess, I hope this letter finds you well in Vallis. I read about your residential prophethood in the paper and was delighted to hear about the work you have already done for our community. Is she in Vallis still? Even if I have been removed from it for years. Oh, I guess not. I write on behalf of rumors I have heard, and no doubt experiences you have had with the energies. Is that supposed to be the lore? Like the one stitched into this quilt here. Please, if you have not, take a look at it now. Ah, Tara has glanced, but she shall look again. She sets the letter down, gently, carefully, and unfurls the quilt from the box once more. A familiar scent drifts into the air, and Tara feels transported back to her first morning in Vallis, opening the door to her room in Lyoth Hall for the first time. There had been quilts everywhere, filled with the lore poorly stitched together. This is one similar to them. It looks like a child's depiction of a very lanky spider. Okay, so it is. Before I delve into the contents of this letter, I must ask that you keep our correspondence a whispered secret. I do not wish to bring the folks of Vallis any hope for my return and I feel in my heart that it would be confusing to many, especially after hearing rumors of my own demise. Yeah, no shit, Helga, there was a funeral. Willow carefully lets themselves into Tara's room. So, details, all of oh, them. could you knock, Willow? Oh, <laughs> right, sorry. Yes, totally. Did you kiss? Did you, like talk feelings? I mean, what did you decide on? Can he be your fifth in CNC? I was in the middle of something. I, sorry. I was just... You were going to tell me about your evening, and I haven't seen you all day. I know, and I'm so sorry, Willow, but this uh, thing that I'm working on is kind of more important right now. Oh, what's more important than bestie time? We do live together. We'll talk, I don't know, tomorrow? You work all day tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. I promise. 
I'm just so tired right now. Willow has suddenly found other things to look at besides Okay. Tara. Sounds, uh, good. Bashful and embarrassed and not entirely knowing why, Willow backs out of the room and shuts the door gently. Tara feels anger again. But I'm not mad at Willow. I'm not. Tara feels this anger in waves. It comes from somewhere deep inside her soul. I think I'm just tired. That's it. Sure. Try sleep. We'll see if that pit is there in the morning. Gil sits in his prophet's office in Meropame, buried deep within Chiefess Juno's hall. He is responding to inquiries, in theory. In practice, he sifts through them, deciding which ones warrant his attention and which do not. Oh, it's past prophetic hours. The door opens in spite. A familiar, younger face, square and slightly bearded, enters and immediately sits. Gil is now directly across from an old peer, it seems. Hey, Gil. Vaughn, a pleasant surprise. I haven't seen you since... Oh, wow. Uh, since you took that job instead of at, um... The Circle Transportation Center. Ah, yes, yes. The Circle Place. Yeah, um, I just wanted to stop in, say hi, and... Well, bye. Oh, whatever for? I've received a promotion. I'll be transferring to the management team of the Circle Factory in Vallis. I leave tomorrow morning. Vallis. Fantastic to hear. Uh, congratulations. You know, their prophetess is from here as well. Uh-huh. Well, I'm not sure I'll be paying them much of a visit. Why not? You used to visit me every week, even before you were my assistant. What changed? After you left, I haven't seen you. Not here, not at the temple. Yeah, I suppose not. Things have changed for me, I guess. Simple as that. Vaughn appears like he is going to say more. He doesn't. Well, perhaps they can change again? I heard about the homicide charge. How you interpreted someone's dream. You got the culprit. Ah, yes, yes. Well, day in the life. But they said they really, really didn't do it, right? <laughs> Some folks will do anything to look good. Yeah, they're one of my old friends, Gil. Their name is Harper and they wouldn't hurt a fly. Are you suggesting I was incorrect? No, I'm telling you. The witness whose dream you interpreted was Harper's ex. Sometimes dreams are just dreams. The Guardianship had a real investigation going, and now their suspects are just not being held accountable in any form because of this. Sometimes your profit stuff just doesn't strike me as fair. Great they commissions all their profits. We are ordained, specially endowed. If you have a problem with them, then perhaps you have a problem with something higher. Perhaps. You really should stop by the low town today. There's a friend of mine down there that really, really could use an inquiry consult and- Oh, have they made an appointment with me? They've tried several times, but they don't have the means to make it here. Ah, well. I can see about a visit in a couple of weeks once my schedule clears a tad. You said this to them last month. 
I have the letter here if you'd like to see it. Did I? Huh. Well, you know how things fill up? It's been a travesty trying to even get scheduled consults squared away. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. Well, I wish you the best in Vallis. And tell their prophetess I said hello. I could. Well, bye. Goodbye, and be ever held in greatness. Vaughn makes for a hasty exit, but finds himself pausing at the door. He looks back to his old mentor once again, brows softening. Be safe. The territories are changing, and I'm really, really worried about you. Worried? Whatever for? I just think you need to start thinking outside of the box you are currently thinking in. Okay, I will keep that in mind. And Vaughn waves goodbye. Hello, Tumbleweeds. I'm Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Script and sound design by Elise Bradford. Mixing by Hope Bellinger. Original music by Liam Greenlee. New actors in order of appearance. Tyler Friesen as the Postfolk. Travis Cox as Vaughn. To learn more about Average Folks, follow us on Instagram at Average Folks Official or visit us at our website, average-folks.com. 